0: Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Well, Good morning. It is great to have you guys here this weekend. I hope you're having a great weekend. You know, as Pastor Brad said, we are super, super excited about next weekend. I know most of you here are not Patriots fans, you're not Eagles fans, but I know you are Jesus fans. And I know we're in church, and it's it, you're supposed to say that you're a Jesus fan, <laughs> but really we are, and, and Jesus is the one that changes our lives, and he wants to change your friends' lives. You know, studies show and say that people are waiting for somebody to invite them to church, and that they would go to church if somebody invited them, and so, man, I want to encourage you. This is going to be a huge day for us. We're going to do some just... Crazy stuff. It's gonna be a great day, but what we're praying for is that a lot of people's lives are gonna be changed next week. And so we're super excited about that. Well, I want to get right into our teaching today. I've got a lot to cover today, and we have been in this series, U Point oh, O, where we've been talking about our identity. And you know, I, I think that all of us in some way or another, we struggle with our identity. And one of the reasons why I've been super excited about this series, and man, it's just, I've heard from so many of you and how this is really touching different nerves. And the reason I'm excited about this series as we talk about identity is it's setting us up for our next series. And our next series that we're going to be doing is a relationship series. Do you know that, that you can't figure out other people until you know yourself? And a lot of us, we go into marriage, we go into relationships, and we don't know ourselves, but we think we're going to know the other person. Like, man, I've heard this so many times. You you hear, you know, girls say, you know what, we're, we're just like, we're so in love. We love each other, and I love him so much because he just listens to me. He listens. I love him. He listens to me, and I talk, and... I talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, and he just listens to me. And then you get to know him, and you're like, you know, he's like a stone. There's nothing there. You know, or the guy that's like, hey, yo, bro, man, I, I love this girl. She is awesome. Her laugh, when she laughs, she's amazing. I love to hear her giggle. She just has this laugh. Now you're married and you're like, dude, when she laughs, she's like a donkey on crack. <laughs> I said cracking church, sorry. Uh, um, if you're new to Creekwood, welcome. Uh, it's good to have you all today. But do you know, listen to me, the best time to work on your marriage is before you have one. The best time for you to work on your marriage is before you have one, and we're we're super excited about this next series we're going to be doing. And you know we're going to be ending this identity series in two weeks, and uh, you don't want to miss the ending of this series on identity. It's going to be the most powerful one of the entire series. I, I'm believing that on that weekend, God is going to change some incredible uh, just change us in an incredible way. And so, man, I, I pray that you're going to be with us these next few weeks as we, we just tackle this whole thing about identity. And, you know, identity is, is, it's a big deal. And I think all of us struggle in one way or another with our identities. I said a few moments ago, and very early on in life from um, the time that we were, you know, kids, we're always trying to figure ourselves out. We're trying to find ourselves. This is why You look at even when you were a little kid, uh, the way you dressed and you became a teenager and and you started to really be particular about the kind of clothes you bought. And parents that are here, we talked about this last weekend, you can't just go to Walmart and grab some clothes for your teenagers as much as you want to. And how many of you grew up like that and you're scarred because your parents did that to you? You know we, we, we we're forming our identity, we're trying to find ourselves, but do you know that that this is always going to be a struggle for you? The question of really, who am I and and what what is my life? what what it, really, who am I? And the world that we live in, the life that you have. The people that you have around you are constantly trying to define you. There's a longing in all of us to discover who we really are. I mean, we chase after all kinds of different things. We do a lot of crazy stuff. Why? Just to try to find ourselves. We're trying to find who we really are. You know, I I believe that a lot of us... um, it's really sad, the life that we're living, because we don't really understand who we really are. and We don't really understand what God is doing in our life. And Proverbs 29, 18 says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. You know, our theme scripture for this series has been... Colossians chapter 3 verse 9, and I want to read this again to you just to remind you about who you are. It says, do not lie to each other, talking about your identity, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Do you know that if you are in Christ, you are a new person? You're not an improved person. You are a new person on the inside that when you receive Christ into your life, you have become new. And the greatest challenge in your life is for you to convince yourself to understand that what the world, the labels that the world has given you, the experiences in your life that are negative, positive, that have shaped you into the false identity identity that you have. It's not really who you are. You are who God says you are. And this is, this is when you start grabbing a hold of this new identity, it's going to make you do some, like, crazy things in your life. Some of you are, like, you're starting to kind of scratch and claw at it, and you're seeing it. Your eyes are opening up, and you're starting to discover, man, I see who I really am. And this is why some of you right here, you're going to go to marriage counseling. You're going to rescue this marriage because you're like, you know what? I am a different person on the inside. Some of you are going to start a business that you never dreamed you could start. Some of you are going to go back to college, and you're going to get a degree. I know some of you are thinking, well, Pastor, I'm 50 years old, and and I, like, I'm 50. I can't go back to college, but listen to me. In four years, you're going to be 54. Do you want to have a degree when you're 54, or or you don 't want to have a degree when you start to discover your identity, it just like makes you step up to a new life and I want to talk to you about another area that we 're going to look at a guy by the name of Peter today and um, i i I have loved one of the things that i 've loved about looking at these different people in the Bible and talking about their identities. I love that the Bible doesn't just kind of clean it all up. The Bible shows us the messy side of people. The Bible doesn't try to just give us some nice, cute little story that we can all look at and we can go, man, that's a cute story for the Bible, but that's not reality for my life. And what you see is, is, man, the rawness of people's lives and the rawness of their struggle and we're going to look at the life of Peter, and if you want to talk about who in the Bible had the largest epic failure, you talk about identity, who, who had the like, the biggest failure, and yet they did some amazing things through the power of God. God used them in a powerful way. It's Peter, and today I, I want to talk to you about failure Because I I believe that a lot of us have allowed our our failures to define us. We've allowed our, our mistakes in life. See, there's a big difference. Listen to me. There's a big difference in making a mistake and believing that I am a mistake. There's a big difference in having a failure. And me believing that my identity is a failure. Look, everybody in here has failures, right? We all make mistakes. I had this happen to me a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago. Come on my way to prayer, on my way to seek God. I'm driving up here, prayer's at 7 o'clock. And and like, how many of y'all have noticed there's a lot of construction on broad? Like the Holy Spirit is not on broad. It's like demon-possessed. It's so confusing, and I try really hard. I, I, I'm on two, I, I get on 287, and I exit broad, and I know that you're supposed to be in the right lane when you turn so you can be in the far right lane when you're going over 287 because everybody needs to get in one lane on the right, and the people that are clueless are in the left lane, and they're the ones that are holding everybody up because they're trying to get over. And I try really hard, but this, like I said two weeks ago, I wasn't paying attention. I was in a hurry to get here, and I was like, I got I to gotta get there. And, and I realized I'm in the wrong lane when I turned to cross over, and I'm like, I got to get over. And there was this big old black truck dually that was determined not to let me over. Y'all know those people? And I mean, it was one of those trucks that, like, boom, bum, boom, 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 boom. You know, was like I knew it was a redneck with a rifle in there or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I knew he had a rifle. I'm, I'm pulling him. I'm like, okay, I got to get over. I got to get over. And he's like, you know, it's like getting trying to get cut me off. And I'm like, dude, you want some of this? Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't a pastor right there. I was Stephen, and I was like going to pop that. Little Acra, like, boom. I popped in. I jumped in front of him. And he put every light he had on his truck on. I mean, he had low beams, high beams, all this stuff. It was like a blaring spotlight on my car. And he rode my butt all the way. I mean, I was like, what do I have in a car that I can, like, act like I'm getting something, like, you know how you like, I know you can't do that anymore, like, because there's been so many shootings and stuff. But y'all remember when you, like, act like you're trying to get something out of the glove compartment? <laughs> like, okay, you want some of this? I got it in my glove compartment. Well, I didn't have, you know, it's like, do I take my Bible and wave it out the window and say, <laughs> you need Jesus? And then it crossed my mind, well, maybe that's somebody that goes to the church. I'm like, God. I was like, Lord, please help them not go to prayer today. <laughs> I was like, do I turn off a street bastard? I'm going to just go on past it <laughs> so they don't know I go to Creekwood. <laughs> I turn off and pull in there. And I'm, I'm telling you, I was so upset. But, I, you know, I, we all have those little failures. We all have those things that we know. It's like, you know what, I should have been in the right lane and I wasn't. And it was, a, it was my failure. And I want you to think about your life. And I I really I want you to like maybe go digging in some boxes right now with me. Go digging in some boxes that you've closed up in your life that they're the biggies. They're the big failures. The big mistakes. Some of you parents that are here, that your kids are grown and you look and you, you're going, man, I had a horrible addiction during the most important time of my kid's life. And I wasn't there. Some of you men in this place, you're like, you know, I didn't realize what I had in, in my marriage. In my... God blessed me with an incredible marriage and I didn't realize I didn't know. I, I was clueless, and I—it it is a failure. It is, It is my biggest failure of my life. We all have them. Don't fool yourself. Every single person in this place has those moments in their life where they royally messed up. They, I, I, listen, I, don't, I, I know we can laugh a little bit about some of the things. Some of us look back on our life and we're like, I, I, was, I lost my mind when I did that. I shouldn't have been at that party. I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have done this. I don't know what I was thinking in this season. I wish God would just kind of take that little season out of my life because it's a big old failure what the enemy wants to do listen to me if you don't hear anything else I say today the enemy wants to take that failure and attach it to your identity so you're no longer thinking i had a failure i committed a mistake in my life you are what your belief system about yourself is i am a failure and that's your identity and you come to God and you are like, listen, this is what happens to so many of us. You come to God and you receive Jesus Christ in your life. Y'all remember when you received Christ into your life? Didn't it feel good? I mean, it felt so good. You felt so free. You experienced the grace of God and you were like, I am free for the first time in my life. You felt like a million dollars. And then six seconds later, you sinned, you messed up, you had failures. And what happens is all of a sudden, you're like, well, what do I do with this? And listen to me, I believe the church has failed. I believe the church has failed so many of us because it hasn't taught us what to do with our failures. It hadn't taught us. And what happens is we let the shame and the guilt that comes in into our life, and we were like, well, that must be who I am. No, you're not that. You are who Jesus Christ says you are, and the the grace and the mercy of God, he's created something new on the inside. Listen, the battle the enemy's trying to do is he's trying to make your failures who you are, and you are not your failures. You are who God says you are. And this story in the Bible that I want to show you today is the life of Peter. And listen, oh, man, I love Peter. Because he messed up so much. Don't you feel comfortable around people like that aren't perfect? Like people that try to be too perfect. I'm like, I I don't want to be around you. But I feel real relaxed with imperfect people. Because I'm like, I can just be myself because I'm imperfect. I can just kind of hang out, and I don't have to worry about it. And this, Peter is this way. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 22, verse 54, talking about Jesus, and these are the last moments of Jesus. They seized him and led him away. This is talking about Jesus. These are his final moments, and he was headed to the cross, and the Bible says, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. I don't know where the other disciples were, but it's singling out Peter. It's, the Bible's showing us the story, and it's just telling us Peter was following at a distance. And you got to understand something to kind of set this up to understand how epic his failure was, that Peter was not just anybody. Peter um, was a very key figure. If you look in, in the, the life of Christ and, and his dealings with the disciples and people that walked closely, Peter walked closely with Jesus. Peter was with him. He saw him perform incredible miracles. And Jesus, from his very first moment that he meets Peter, when Peter says, I am a sinful man, Jesus starts working on his identity. As Peter looks at himself and he's like, you know, Jesus says, I, I want you to come follow me and, and you're going you're to walk with me. And you're going to be one of the disciples. And, G, and Peter's like, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus begins this process of beginning to work with him. And you see that that There's this constant moment of of Jesus Christ working in his life. And he brings him into the inner circle. He is just continually working with him. And there's this key moment that you see in the life of Peter that um, I, I believe is so powerful. When Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? I think it's, like, kind of weird that Jesus says this because he says that, you know, that everybody, I, I know that the religious leaders are saying certain things about me, and everybody's got an opinion. But, Peter, I, I want to know, who, who do you say I am? Do you know that it, everybody on this planet has different opinions of Jesus? Like, he's this, he's that. I mean, Ricky Bobby had an opinion about Jesus, He's eight, eight pounds, six ounces, baby Jesus, remember? <laughs> We've all got opinions. Why, why is it important this question of who do you say I am? Why? Your identity is tied to how you see Jesus. Your identity, talking about failures, this is why he is want Jesus is wanting to know how Peter sees him. Listen, I don't how do you see Jesus? Do you see Jesus as a loving father? Or do you see him as a judgmental tyrant that is ready to pounce on you the first time you mess up? I'm telling you, listen to me, your view of Jesus, and some of us have been scarred by by maybe you grew up in a church where you believe that that Jesus is like the state trooper that is just waiting to pull you over and give you a ticket. Your view of who he is is important if you're going to have a healthy identity. And Peter is, is, again, this is an identif- identifying moment. And he says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And he changes his name from, from, from Simon to Peter. And, and, and he says to Peter, he says, you're the rock. You're a rock. Peter is in the inner circle. He is like, man, this is incredible. And then it says, and when they had kindled a fire... In the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him said, This man also was with him. But he denied it saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later someone else saw him and said, You're, you're also one of them. But Peter said, Man, I'm not that person. I'm not a follower of Jesus. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted saying. And you go read in John that the, this person is a relative of, of, I don't know if you know this, but Peter was, I'm telling you, this guy was crazy. He cut a guy's ear off. Jesus had to pick the ear back up and put it back on his ear. But this is a relative of that guy. And he's too saying, this guy is, is a follower of Jesus and Jesus denies it. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. This is a deep, deep soul level failure of Peter. Peter loved Jesus. Peter is following Jesus. Peter's in the inner circle of Jesus. And he denies him. He's sitting around this fire. And he smells the smoke. And he's nervous about he's under this pressure. like I don't know Jesus and he catches himself when he realizes what he's done and the Bible says he wept bitterly have you ever been at that moment where you stop and you realize what has just happened what you've do, just done in your life and you're like I love God And what happens is the enemy is going to come in, and he's going to take your failure, your greatest mistake, and he's going to try to attach it. He's going to try to attach it to you. And so many of us today, this is what we believe, that we are a failure. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been around somebody so long that you can kind of imitate their movements and their like you, you know some of y'all are really good at imitating people. You know like Pastor Keith always like makes when we were when we were remodeling the building here, I would always go around when I was trying to explain to everybody, I would go like this. I would drag my foot and I'd say, "This is how I want this room to be right here." So Pastor Keith every time I'd start to say, "Well, this is how I want Pastor Keith, do you want it like this?" you know, he's like directly <laughs> would like make fun of me like that. and uh, You know, you think about this, that the enemy has been around God so much that he imitates his voice in your life. Let me say that again. The enemy has been around God so long that he will imitate God's voice in your life. See, some of you right now, all you've been listening to about your failures and your mistakes is condemnation, and you think that's God's voice. You think God's, God is, is pouncing on you, and you feel all this condemnation in your life continually, and, and what you're like, I don't know if I can do this church thing. Because I know myself, and I know what I've done, and I, I know my struggles. I know my failures. I'm an imperfect man. I'm an imperfect person. And you constantly are beating yourself up. Listen to me. That is not the voice of God. That's the voice of the enemy. I, I Again, I, I think that the enemy gets us in these guilt trips, and he... He gets us in this place, and, and most of us have never been equipped to know what to do with our failures, to know what to do when we, when we fail in our life. And what happens is this constant struggle happens that we are always pushing back, and one of the, the I think one of the most healthy things that you can do is begin to understand that your failure is not your Identity. You are who Jesus Christ says you are. Let me give you just a couple, just a practical things on a healthy way to process your failure in your life if you want to take some notes down today. Number one, you have to separate your failure from your identity. You have to separate your failure from your identity. And listen to me, Satan is going to rock the fake identity in your life. He's going to rock it. He is going to work it. He's constantly, listen to me, do you know that you are always going to struggle with this? There's not going to be a day that you're going to wake up and go, I don't struggle with my identity. You're going to struggle with it every single day. Just like you're going to fail. There's going to be moments, and you've got to be attentive to that and and separate that. And and Satan is going to rock it like it's real. Like, it's the real you. Like, haven't you been around people that, that try to act like, like what they're wearing? Like, like, they're wearing pleather, and it's not real leather. They're acting like it's calfskin, but you know it's pleather. And they're like, dude, smell, it's leather. And you're like, dude, it smells like plastic. Like, some of y'all remember this? You wanted polo, but your parents couldn't afford polo. So your parents went out and got you a Beverly Hills Polo Club. (laughs) You know, you're like, I want a polo. And it's like, it's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. It's Beverly Hills Polo Club. It's not the same thing. Listen, you've got to remind yourself every single day that, that, your identity is not based on your failure. It is, it is based on who God says you are. It is, it is who God says you are. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. See, listen to me. There's a big difference between the conviction of the Holy Spirit and, the, and condemnation. Condemnation will keep you stuck the conviction of the Holy Spirit, when you fail, when you go through stuff, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is it's gonna remind you of who you are in Christ. The conviction of the Holy Spirit, when you when you start to see it, in the listen, this is why you listen, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, when He when He begins to speak, and I know some of us are scared of the Holy Spirit, because maybe of your background of your experience, but listen to me. The Holy Spirit is your friend, and he's not an it. He's a person. He's part of the Godhead, and he is there to work in your life to help you, remind you of who you are in Christ. And one of the things that happens is is as you go along in your life, the more you start stepping out of all of these false identities, all of these things, you're going to fail. Listen to me. There's going to be moments you're going to, but the more you start taking the steps towards and you start discovering who you are in God and what he's already done in your life. And it, the layers start to peel out. It's like, you're like, you know what? I never realized I was this kind of man. I never realized I was this kind of person in my life. And it motivates and drives you to do something that you never believed that you could do in your life. Number two, when the pressure and the challenge and, and challenging situations come, return to God's definition of who you are. When the pressure and challenging situations come, return. You got to get back. You got to, you got, this is why it's important for you to be in the word of God. You got to discipline yourself to get back connected. See, do you know that the closer you are to God, the more you're going to know what your your identity is? I mean, how many of you like like when you were growing up, you didn't have an iPad? Raise your hand. Like a lot of us here, we didn't have an iPad. We had an outside, right? <laughs> like you know, you weren't sitting around playing video games. Your parents told you, "Get outside." You're like, Daddy, it's hot. Get outside. <laughs> you're like, you're coming into the screen door. You're like, Daddy, it's hot out of here. Get outside. Don't come back for six hours. <laughs> How many of y'all grew up in that home? You're like four years old. You roamed all over. You were like ten miles away from home <laughs> in the woods. There were not no axe murderers back then. Your parents is like, don't come home. They just told you to get out there, go play, go do something, find you a toy, whatever, get you a stick, do something. And your parents didn't have no way of getting a hold of you? They didn't. Nobody had phones back then. The way your mom and dad got a hold of you is they opened the door and they yelled. They said, you know, Donnie, get home. And you could hear their voice. You can hear when he I'm going to start counting three, and by the time I get to three, you're going to be a dead kid. You better get in this house right now. You listen to me. There are moments in your life where you need to get back home. You need to get your butt back. I'm sorry, I said butt. It's 930. It's, like a, you, it's Creekwood. Y'all can say that, Right? You need to get your little tail back home. You need to get yourself back connected into church. You need to get yourself in a life group. Listen, I believe that we're, we're getting ready to start a semester, a, a new life group semester, and there are so many of you that should be leading a life group. In fact, every single one of you at one time or another, you need to lead a life group. Don't tell me there's only a select chosen few in this church that are so perfect that they're the only ones that can lead a life group. We're all jacked up. There's nobody perfect in here. You know what it takes to to lead a life group? It's just you you say, you know what? People may look on the outside and I don't look like much, but on the inside, I am a giant. God has created... This, this godly man, this godly woman, and it's on the inside. On the outside, it doesn't look like that, and I can't do this. You need to lead a life group. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, it, this church is not full of a couple little select people that are godly enough that we put them through the ringer to lead a life group. The person that leads our parking ministry, he's not a perfect person that knows every little detail about a car. We're not experts. Nobody is. It's just saying, you know what? I, there's something that happens when you get so connected to God that you, it's like the calling doesn't make God. What God's asking you to do doesn't make sense on the outside of your life because you're looking at the wrong identity. And what you need to do is see what God sees inside of you and God sees somebody that can do this. See, when the pressure comes and those moments in your life where you're like, I can't do this, you need to get your butt back home. You need to get connected. The source of your life is is being connected to Christ in your life. This is is why, man, it's so important for us to do that. Number three, you need to realize that Jesus sees and is working towards the best version of you. You need to see that Jesus is you need to realize that Jesus sees and is working towards the best version of you. The best version of you. Like, isn't it true we're always wanting everybody else to think the best version of us? Like, we've got, you know, the, the, our best version is usually on social media, and we work it, right? Like, you're taking all these selfies, like, have you looked at your Instagram? Lately, it's like all these selfies. You know, you're not taking any bad shots of you. You're taking, like, you took probably 50 or 60 shots of yourself before you posted it. Y'all remember on Facebook, some of y'all are giggling, nervous. We can tell the people that it is. Y'all remember on Facebook, the celebrity lookalikes, and everybody was posting on, on Facebook, I look like, you know, you know, Brad Pitt. You're like, no, you don't look like Brad Pitt. You look like your Uncle Joe that drinks beer every day. That's who you look like. Or like I look like Will Smith. You look like Steve Urkel. <laughs> and because we're all good-hearted and we feel sorry for people, we just go, well, I like it. <laughs> you click and y'all 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 mess people up because people are looking at their social media and they're going. I must really look like Brad Pitt. It's because people lied to you. A friend of mine sent me this picture. I don't know if y'all think this is who I look like or not, but Billy Campbell, the actor right there. Now, I know my face really doesn't look like, but my arms look like that guy. I'm kind of that guy. Your best version the person you wish you could be, but I'm talking about the version who you are, it'll blow you away who God has made you to be, that he's formed you and he's made you. Jeremiah 1, 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. See, you need to realize that Jesus sees and he's working what Jesus sees in your life. He sees the best version of you. This is why you keep feeling the the tug at your heart for God to say, you need to do this. You need to do that. You're going to do this. You can do this. And you're like, God, have you seen what I I am lately? And God said, no, I see who you are because you're in Christ. Listen, I'm not standing up here telling you, oh, "Yeah, just do whatever you want to." If you if you failed, you're committing sin. You need to confess that to Christ. But your identity is never going to be tied to your failure. It has to be tied to who Jesus Christ says you are. I want to pray with you today, and I, I want to ask you just to bow your heads and. You know, if you're here today, I can't tell you how much I want you to meet Jesus if you've never received him into your life. Jesus is incredible. I can't tell you that I understand his love and his grace because it is beyond anything I could ever dream of in my life. And Jesus Christ loves you so much and cares so much about your life. And this is not about you cleaning up your life before he loves you. He loves you. And you can make that decision right there where you're at to say, Jesus Christ, would you come into my life? Would you forgive me of all of my sins today? I want to receive your grace. I want to receive this new identity in my life. Father, I pray today for every one of us today, God. May we move beyond our past. May we move beyond our mistakes and our failures and see who we are in God. God, I pray that every morning that we wake up when all of these lies start to flood us and try to attach themselves to our identity. God, may we through the power of your Holy Spirit detach that from our identity and say, I am who God says I am. That I am chosen, that I am holy, that I am sanctified, that I've been set apart in my life. Father, bless every person here today, God. I pray that you would empower all of us, God, to be who you called us to be. Father, I thank you for this in your name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.